The Bible reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 17. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are perishing. To the one who we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity, like men sent from God. Great, thank you so much to, uh, to reading that uh, passage for us, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Please keep it open. We're going to be looking at this as we go through our word look at this morning. So, so this is where we've been this year. Um, we, we started in 2 Corinthians and we're in 2 Corinthians again today. Um, we looked at uh, what to have hope, fulfilled stuff that we did there in July. We look about faith in August and, uh, and now we're in Scattered Church and we're using this book um, by Alan Scott as, as a base. We're encouraging you to read it uh, there's some great stories in there, some great uh, help for us as a church. So please get hold of this book and read it. Uh, we're actually on the last session today. We've been working through this uh, as we go through uh, the book. And um, what we've been doing, we've been looking at kingdom authority. Uh, what does it mean to be, as we go into the world, to have that authority? We've been looking at what it means to have the ministry that God has given each one of us. He's given us authority and he's given us ministry. And we're, we looked at this is for all of us, everyone, everywhere, every day. That's what God has called us. And how do we then reach the lost? What do we need to do to reach the Lord? We looked at stewarding the supernatural. We looked at dreams. Deb's preached about how do we dream? How do we have big dreams, God-sized dreams? And we want everyone to be released and, and helped and fulfilled uh, as they pursue that dream. Last week, Carlton talked about loving our neighbours into life. How can we love our neighbours? How can we show the love of Christ to those around us? And we're going to finish uh, this week, this series, by looking at how we can carry the culture of the kingdom wherever we go. Because we are culture carriers. Okay? And I'm going to be asking the questions, what culture are we carrying? And so we're going to look at it, and we're going to be using this passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, where it says that, uh, that through us, Christ and through us, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. That's our text for today. But first of all, just a little bit of reminder of what we've been looking at. And... Uh, this attractional, that should have an L on the end of that, it's come off uh, as we've changed to computers, attractional and missional approach. We, we believe the church is attractional. 
It, it, it draws people in because we're worshipping God. The glory of God, the presence of God is with us when we gather together. And people are attracted to that. And we want to rejoice in that. And we want to invite people in as we are gathering. They come, come and join with us. Come to the church. Come and see what God is doing. Come and experience the love and the presence of God. The move of the Holy Spirit. You see the, the gifts of the Spirit flowing. Prophecy, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues. The worship as we lift our voices to God. The word being preached. And this is the beauty and the joy of the church gathering together. We love it. We love doing that. We look forward again to the day when we can do that in person. But also, uh, we're scattered. We we are scattered out. When When we finish gathering, then we go our separate ways and we go into different corners of culture, different spheres of society, and, and God takes us out. We are scattered, and, and as we go out, we're on mission. We're on mission for the kingdom. And these two things happen side by side. It's a both and. We love gathering, we love being together, but we love being on mission as well. It's not one or the other, it's both and. And we want to hold these things very preciously as we go forward as the church of God. And uh, what we're going to be looking at in 2 Corinthians is what this means for us, what we carry in as we go. God fills us up when we gather and he inspires us, he encourages us, he teaches us and then we go. What sort of fragrance are we carrying? But first of all, what are we going into? What sort of place are we going into? Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, he said, I'm I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. And so there's this this idea that we're going into a dangerous place, we're going into somewhere which is hostile, where we will be attacked, where we will be persecuted. We're going into a place that doesn't know God. And I want to share with you some statistics this morning um, about the place, the culture that we're going into. These statistics are from the Joshua Project and they uh, spend uh, a time looking at people groups in the world and and they're trying to uh, establish the number of people groups and the number of unreached people groups. Now, their definition of unreached or least reached people is a group, a people group, among which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians with adequate numbers and resources to evangelise this people without outside assistance. So we're looking at unreached people groups, people that haven't heard the gospel, people that are not following Jesus. And if there are 17,442 people groups identified in the world, they are saying that there's 7,414 that have not been reached for Jesus. That's an incredible 42.5% of people groups in the world that still haven't heard about Jesus. There's not enough Christians in that people group with enough resources to evangelise and to reach that people group without people coming in, outsiders coming in and helping them. Now, we we need to put a caveat on that because God can use two people or one person to reach a whole nation. Uh, So God is is bigger than our statistics uh, and our methods and strategies. Um, but, but there is something about numbers that affect the, the nation. 
And so they say um, that they sort of number is 5% in the, in, in the population or in, in a people group. Uh, 5% of Christians, maybe 2% evangelical Christians could uh, reach uh, this, this people group. Um, but these are places where there's less than that. There's, there's just a small remnant. There's just a few people that are not reaching uh, the whole people group. This is the culture that God is sending us into. This is the world that is out there. This is what God is saying we've got to be going into. But let's bring it into the UK. Let's take England, for example. Uh, we're going to look at the percentage of the English population and uh, that are churchgoers and see how this has changed. In 2005, 6.4% of England went to church. That's 3.2 million people. Now, five years later, it changes and 2010, it goes down to 5.8%. That's a drop of 170,000 people that have stopped going to church. And we go on to 2015. And in 2015, it drops again by another 110,000. This year, they estimate that we're down to 4.9% of the English population that actually goes to church. And that's not evangelical Christians either. That's the total uh, Christian denomination, uh, including Catholics, Anglicans, and everybody that will be caught up in those numbers. A much smaller number, evangelical Christians. And so you see the, the decline here in our own nation, in England, going down by incredible numbers every time they do this census. And they, they then forecast the next few years that it will go down even further to 4%. Uh, these statistics... Uh, you can see where they're from, the BriarlyConsultancy.com. Uh, this is what's happening in our nation, in, in England. We are, we are going out as culture carriers into a nation that doesn't believe in God, that does not know who Jesus is. And if you were to take these statistics uh, just on their own, then we could soon be classed as an unreached people group. Because we're going to be going below that 5% of, of, of Christians and below that 2% of evangelical Christians. When would it be that they say, actually, England is an unreached people group? This is the, 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 the state that our country is in. This, this great country that we belong to, the great country where we live, that was once uh, the best evangelised country in the world. You go back over a thousand years, there's been Christians in this country that have been on fire for Jesus and you see that they've transformed our nations. Much of our culture, uh, much of our laws are from the gospel. They're, they're based upon the Bible. We've been sending missionaries across the world to evangelise the world and now we're going to be saying, we need people to come and help us because there's not enough Christians left in the UK to evangelise our nation. What a sorry state we find ourselves in. This is, God has called us to go and carry the aroma of Jesus into this culture, into these places. If we then bring it down even further, we've looked at the world, we've looked at England, these are the places where we have, as community church, uh, our bases, if you like, our sites. 
Uh, Chafford Hundred, South Lockenden, Chadwell, St Mary and Basildon. Let's take the population in each of these places. Now, this is, these are guesses, they, they're, not, they're rounded up as well. Um, but based on, on, on late, latest census, this is the sort of figures that we would expect for people living in each of these areas. Chafford Hundred, there's about 14,000 people in that estate living there. Uh, and then South Lockenden, about 22,000. Chadwell, St Mary, just 10,000. Basildon's massive, 190,000 people living in these areas. Now, if we then say, uh, based on the UK national average, that 5% of those are churchgoers and 95% are not, we will find in our areas, in our communities, these incredible numbers. Let's take Chafford 100. There are 13,300 people that are lost that don't know Jesus, that are condemned for all eternity and they're living on our doorstep. Are we going to be the fragrance of Jesus going into our communities, going into these places, carrying the gospel wherever we go? South Ockenden, 21,000 people need Jesus. Chadwell St Mary, 9,500 people. Basil, 180,000 people that are lost that need to hear about Jesus. How is this going to happen if we don't go and share the fragrance of Jesus wherever we go? Just one more uh, diagram before we look at the Word of God. Uh, And this is, uh, forgive my drawing here, um, but I couldn't find what I wanted uh, online, so I I had to draw it. This is the church, okay? This is us, the glorious, radiant church, uh, fully in love with Jesus, uh, based upon the Word, full of His Spirit, Uh, This is us. And what we find, that as we meet people, they will be on this scale, uh, away from understanding their culture has got further and further away from God. Now, if you take uh, maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, most people in the UK were maybe one step removed from Christianity, from God. They knew the word of God. Their parents maybe would have been churchgoers and been Christians or their grandparents. They would have been taught in schools the story of God. They, they knew about Jesus. It was part of our culture. It was part of who we were as a nation. And so when you get people like Billy Graham coming in uh, to the UK and he has these grand, uh, great big crusades and he preaches the word of God. These people understand what he's saying. They know about Jesus. And he has a great harvest of souls because they come back to him because they're not far away from God. They're, they're just at that point. And, and that's a great culture where we can invite people in. Come to church. They know what it's about. They, they understand our culture. They understand the story of God. They understand our language even. And they come and we can get them to come. It's a great way. to come, come to church. These people are not far off. Let's invite them in and get them to come and worship with us. And unfortunately, as we've gone through even my lifetime, people have got further and further away from God. So we can expect to meet people that are maybe four or five steps removed from God. They've never heard the story of God. They don't know who Jesus is. Their parents, their grandparents, even their great-parents have not been Christians. They're just, they may be even from a different faith completely. And so we're meeting now people that don't understand our culture. They don't understand Christianity. They don't know our language. And and to invite them into church, it's never going to work because that's such a huge step for them. 
And the only way we're going to be reaching this people, which is now the majority of our nation, the only way we're going to be reaching this people is if we go. If we go. We've got to go and meet these people. We've got to go and take the gospel to them. We've got to go and take the fragrance of Christ to these people. This is what God has called us to do. We love the church and we, we love gathering together. And I know, guys, I know we've done a great job. We, we don't even have a building uh, for most of our sites. And so we, we know that the church is not the building. We know that. And, you know, it's not something that we have to learn. It's part of who we are. The church is not the building. But can I say that we want to also know that the church is not the meeting. We love meeting together. We love gathering. But the, the church is not the meeting. We are the church. And we are the church whether we're gathered or scattered. And we take the presence and glory and fragrance of Jesus wherever we go. So let's look at our reading very quickly. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal possession. He uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved and those who are, are perishing. To the one we are an aroma of, that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? This wonderful passage. Now this is a passage where we see, first of all, that it's Jesus leading us in victory. Thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. Let us know this is all about him. This picture that Paul is painting is of a, a grand victory parade uh, that the Romans, when they've won a major victory, they used to come back into the city and they would have a grand parade and they would process the prisoners, the captives in front. The general would be on his horse. He would be the one that they all be cheering and, and, and saluting as they come back in victory. This is what would happen. And this here, God is portrayed as the supreme, the sovereign victor. Thanks be to God. And Christ is the general leading the procession. He is the one that's won the victory. And for us, and there's some difference in interpretation here, Paul, what Paul is actually meaning in, but for Paul, if you look at the, the, in, in the light of the whole of Scripture, I think he would see him, himself as a captive. Someone who has been capt, captured by Jesus and is in this procession, and just maybe, maybe now joyfully following, but a, a captive of Jesus. And so this is the picture, but we need to know that it is all about Jesus. He wins the victory. When we start to think that we can have a, a role in that, uh, we're, we're no longer those are the captives that have been set free, if you like, but, but we have a role in that, well, then we start to take away from Jesus all that he has done. We believe that the cross, where Jesus won the victory, is sufficient. He took away our sin, our brokenness, our guilt, our shame. He, he took upon himself our punishment. Everything that, that we deserved, he took upon himself. When we start to add things to that, there are those 
uh, even amongst us that say, oh no, you must be baptised to be saved. Now as soon as you put something on top of salvation, uh, then you start to put works in. And we're, we're not saved by works, we're saved by grace. It's all about him. As soon as you add something, oh, in order to be saved you've got to do this. You're taken away from the sufficiency of the cross. And Jesus has done it all. He said, it is finished. It is accomplished. The victory has been won. We're like those captives are now brought in to this new land, this new kingdom, that we can now live in this victory. We can know the freedom of Christ in our lives. This is what Jesus has accomplished. He is the victor. He is the one who leads us in victory. And then we see this, this incredible couple of words. He uses us. You see, we're worshipping a God that can do all things, and he can. He's, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. He is the great God, the sovereign God. There's nothing that he cannot do. And yet, in his wisdom, he chooses to use us. He says, he says here, he leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. You, I, I want us to get hold of that. that. That us, in our frailty, in our weaknesses, in, in, in all of the things that are wrong in our lives, God has chosen us to represent him in the world. To, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Jesus wherever we go. What what is what is God thinking? You know, why not God? Just why not just do it? You, know, you can do this, God. You don't need us. But He's chosen His church. He's chosen those who who follow Him. You are my ambassadors. You have my authority. I've given you ministry. I want you to dream. I want you to go and represent me wherever you go. He's chosen me. He's chosen you. Wow. It's just an amazing concept. This is God's plan. The church. This is how God is going to reach that 95% of the UK that are not following him. It's through the church. This is how God is going to reach your neighbours. It's through you. He's chosen you. He uses us to spread the aroma of Christ. And where is this going to be? It's going to be everywhere. Jesus is going to take the good news of, of himself everywhere. As we do, um, studies. I've been doing a lot of training this week with different people and, and I did a, a session with the ID students who are having a gap year and, and, I, and, uh, and, and we, we looked at this Genesis to Revelation uh, mission that, that God from the beginning of time all the way through, he, he wants to reach the whole earth. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said to the disciples, you will be my, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, God is saying to us that through you, I'm going to take the glory of God, the, the knowledge of Jesus, the fragrance of Jesus, and I'm going to invade every sphere of society, every corner of culture, every people group on earth, which is why it's important to see how many unreached people groups there are. We, we, the gospel is to go out everywhere through the church. 
But, and we want to send people everywhere. Guys, if God is speaking to you about the nations, please talk to us. We want to send people out. We want again to be missionaries, that we're sending people out on mission to the nations again. If God is calling you even to go to a place uh, just down the road to start to, to evangelise that area, speak to us. We want to be sending people out. I was at a conference yesterday at Plant UK when we had about 80 people in the UK that were looking to plant churches in our nation. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to sacrifice everything to take the gospel to our nation. Everywhere. But let's start where we are. What about everyone in your street? What about everyone in Chapter 100 hearing the good news of Jesus? How are we going to spread the fragrance of Jesus everywhere? He wants to use us. He wants to use us to go and take the fragrance of Christ. Now what is this fragrance? He says, uh, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Jesus, uh, this pleasing aroma of Christ. This is what God is saying to us. We take the fragrance of Jesus when we go. What does this look like to us? Well, <laughs> I know that sometimes as Christians, we don't take the right fragrance wherever we go. You know, you've met Christians, uh, they're grumpy, that they moan, uh, there's this wrong and that wrong, that they're so focused on themselves. And you think, well, if that's what a Christian is like, I don't think I want to be part of that. And I've actually heard people say that to me. I've met this person, if that's what Christianity is like, I don't have anything to do with it. Sometimes we're taking the wrong aroma, the wrong fragrance with us whenever we go. I want us to, to think, what, what fragrance should we be taking? Well, we, we know uh, this, this passage, uh, the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God look like? It, it looks like righteousness, peace and joy. Now, th- there's much more, but if you take these three words, righteousness, it's right, li- right living with God and right living with each other. There's something about relationship, good relationship, that we're going to be taking into the world. Look, this is how I live my life. This is how I'm in relationship with God. The living God. He knows me. I know him. You know, I can speak to him. I can pray for you because I know him. That's some of the fragrance that we will take with us. And actually, because I know him, look at the way my marriage is. Look at the way my family is. Look at how we are in relationships in the church, in unity. We're taking something here of righteousness, right living, honourable living, holy living, into community wherever we go. We're taking peace with us. We, we know the peace of God. We're in t- uh, uh, times of turmoil. People are losing jobs. We don't know what will happen next year. You know, we've got this pandemic going on. We know people are dying around us. And, and so it could be a, a place where we get so anxious and, and, and we think, Lord, uh, and we take that sort of worry into the world instead of, no, in all of these things, God is sovereign. I'm saved. I have all eternity. Therefore, I have peace. And therefore, whatever the circumstances are around me, whatever the storm is like, I'm at peace because I know Jesus. And that fragrance then can spread into our communities. And what about joy? What about joy? Oh, we want joyful Christians, don't we? People that are rejoicing in God. We started with a time of thanksgiving as we come to prayer today, we rejoice in God. We rejoice in his goodness. We give thanks for everything. We can find joy in every area of life. And we can take that fragrance with us wherever we go. 
You know, the fragrance that we take is a fragrance of Christ. And it should be different to the world. Unfortunately, many of the church, much of the church, their fragrance is no different to the fragrance of the world. They're pursuing the things of the world. And so, there's no difference. There's nothing that stands out. There's no, when, when a new fragrance comes into a room, when you put a candle on or something like that, and you smell it, oh, that's different. Unfortunately, the church has got to this place where our fragrance has disappeared. We are the same. as well. There's no difference between us and the world. We're pursuing the same things. I met a couple yesterday who, who shared their story uh, on this conference that we were on. A wonderful couple. And they had given up everything to take the gospel to a community. They had moved house. It wasn't a very rich area, it was quite a deprived area. Uh, and, and you think, they, they, they've taken jobs, I expect low-paid jobs, in the community so that they can reach the community. They've made decisions in their life. They're a family that have moved to this place, taken jobs for the purpose of the kingdom. But the fragrance that we often see with Christians is, oh, my children have to go to a grammar school. I can't go and live there because of their education. I can't do that because my job is here and, and I need to earn money to live in this lovely house and buy my nice car. And that's the fragrance, which is the same fragrance as the rest of the world. This family have been saying, kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. That's what we're about. Everything comes under that. That's the fragrance that they're taking into their community, that Jesus is alive. Jesus is number one for us. Everything else is secondary. What fragrance are we taking with us? Are we taking something different to the world? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I could say a lot more there, um, but we're running out of time. Maybe we can explore this more in life groups. You know, we're not supposed to be, and I would just add this, we're not supposed to be the same as the world. In Romans uh, 12 it says, uh, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is the, the, the pleasing aroma that goes up to God. Uh, this, this living sacrifice that we see in the Old Testament, they offered sacrifices. That's the aroma that goes up to God. Let's offer ourselves as that aroma and then go into the world. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're not to conform to what's going on around us. We're not to exclude ourselves from society either. We're to be in society, scattered in there, taking the fragrance of Jesus, transforming culture, transforming lives wherever we go. And as we go, some will reject to, to one, we are the aroma that brings death. They will reject Jesus. Let me say to you, if you're not following Jesus, then you will face punishment and death for all eternity. Jesus says quite clearly, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And if you are not following Jesus, then you are not going to heaven, you will be going to hell. As we bring the good news of Jesus, to some it will be death and to others it will be life. I want to challenge you this one. If you're not following Jesus, where is your eternity? Jesus died for you. He died so that you might be forgiven and have life and have eternal life. It's a choice that we all have to make. And as we bring the fragrance of Jesus, we might face opposition. We might even face persecution. We might face imprisonment. 
or even death. Because some will oppose us. But there will be those that will receive Jesus and receive eternal life. This is what God has called us to do. And then this passage ends up, and who is equal to the task? Well, it's a rhetorical question. Nobody is. You're not. I'm not. None of us can do this. God has given us a task, and we can't do it. And we can't do it without his help. If we are full of him, if we're abiding in Jesus, if we're full of his Holy Spirit, then he gives us the authority, he gives us the power, he gives us the courage to go. We can't do this on our own. Oh Lord, forgive us when we've tried to. If we want to be fruitful, if we want to have an impact, if we want to carry the aroma of Christ to change culture around us, we need to be filled with Christ. We need to be filled with his Holy Spirit. We need him every day. We can't do this on our own. And so I suppose the question is, we round up our series on scattered church, it's scattered church. Will you carry the fragrance of Jesus wherever you go? He wants to use you. He's given you authority. He's given you ministry. He wants you to dream kingdom dreams. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that wherever you go, you carry Jesus. You carry his peace, his love, his grace. You carry the good news of Christ. We are the church. He's chosen to use us and he wants to send us everywhere to take Jesus, to transform lives, to transform relationships, to transform marriages and families, to transform your street, neighbourhoods, communities, even nations for him. Church, are we going to go? How are we going to carry the fragrance of Jesus wherever we go? Then let me pray. Lord, we sang earlier, everything I say, everything I do is for your honour because I'm living for your glory. Lord, I pray that we will seek first the kingdom of God. That our lives, our actions, our decisions are based upon your word your kingdom, your purposes, so that we may be true ambassadors of Christ. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, fill us again. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your peace. Fill us with your grace that we may truly carry a different fragrance to the world. And Lord, as we go, we go to represent you. We go to love our community, to share Jesus, to be kind and generous to those around us. Lord, we need you. Help us to do this, Lord. Spirit, come. Fill your church. Fill us each one now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Holy Spirit, come. Give us power to live for Jesus. And then send us out to be your witnesses, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.